This is The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, San Jose's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. It's been more than a week since the November midterm elections, and we're finally seeing an end to a few local races. After a slow ballot counting process, candidates are conceding their contests for San Jose Mayor, City Council, and Santa Clara County Supervisor. That gives us a clearer picture of who will be leading local government in the coming days. Here with me for a post-election chat is Larry Gersten. Larry is a political science professor emeritus at San Jose State University and an on-air political analyst for NBC Bay Area TV and KCBS Radio. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. Good to be with you. So Matt Mahan is going to be the next San Jose mayor. Uh, That just came out recently. We heard that uh, Cindy Chavez conceded the race to him. Ballots are still currently at about 91% counted. What about Mahan's campaign strategy paid off here and helped lead to his victory? You know, I was not close to either of the campaigns. What I do, I can't be close to any campaign. Uh, But from a distance... Uh, it, it appeared uh, more than what he did or what Cindy Chavez didn't do that uh, I think people wanted to see change, uh, not more of the same. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but that's, I think, what the feeling was. So remember, it was, it was a very slim majority. So uh, it, it shows you the extent to which uh, the city is pretty divided on this, among other issues. Uh, but I think it was a matter of change and, and, and a little more than that. I mean, Cindy Chavez is well known. She's been in politics and in office for probably 20 years or more. Uh, and uh, and Matt Mahan, of course, was a relatively fresh face. Very few people knew him. So I think it was more a question of, of not so much what he was going to do as much as, as much as he's saying we can't afford more of the same. And sometimes people do that. They say... I want something different. Right. It's it's a challenge to the establishment, which I think, uh, you know, the case could be made that Cindy was very much a part of. Is, is there anything that you think Cindy could have done differently in this contest that maybe would have helped her campaign? Again, not being close to the campaign, I can't tell you much about strategy. From a distance, I would say this. I don't think it was a matter of what she may or may not have done. Uh, she's a known quantity. She can't rebrand herself. She is who she is. Uh, I think it was a question, perhaps, of turnout. Uh, turnout was around 50%. If you go to a presidential election, it would be much higher, probably around 70%, maybe even more around here. And what we know about turnout is that the higher the turnout goes, the more likely people of color and poorer people are are to vote. Something about the presidential elections that brings more people out. Uh, Some people, uh, affluent people, people uh, whites more than others uh, vote, and these two often go together, uh, vote all the time. But, but with, uh, with off-year elections, there's that drop-off. And, and the people who dropped off, I think, would have been probably more disposed to voting for her than for him, which augurs, of course, an interesting uh, uh, possibility for 2024, when after two years, uh, Matt Mahan will have his portfolio, so to speak, out. People can judge him. And she will, perhaps she or somebody else will come back. And I think because you're going to have a different voter universe, there's no presumption that he would necessarily win re-election just because. Right. Thank you for breaking that down. Um, Expanding on what you mentioned uh, before with the changes coming in 2024, the mayoral election is shifting to coincide with presidential election years. Can you talk a little bit more about how that will impact voter turnout? It seems to be 
uh, at least from what we've heard at Spotlight, it seems that it will increase voter turnout. I think we've even heard up by uh, possibly like 100,000 additional voters. It'll, it'll go up. I mean, if history is any a predictor of the future, we know that presidential elections bring out more people, which, by the way, is the biggest reason why uh, that charter uh, um, uh, amendment uh, was put in place to bring out more people. So it will bring out more people, even even if it were an election where there was a, an incumbent being reelected. Uh, which there, which I guess there could be in 2024, depending upon what President Biden does. Regardless, whether it's reelected incumbent or a fresh election, we have higher turnout in in presidential elections, and therefore all the other elections, state, city, otherwise, will have higher uh, turnout as well. Very few people are going to go in there and vote for the top of the ticket, the presidency, and say I'm not voting for anything else. So once you got that ballot, whether it's in a booth or at home, you're going to fill it out. Yes, there are things downstream that sometimes you don't fill out, you know, minor tax issues or, uh, you know, bonds or this or that. But elective office, people usually fill them all out. There's not much of a drop off. So you could expect uh, a a different voter universe uh, in uh, 2024, one that is more reflective, by the way, of the entire city. So it will give us an indication, uh, among other things, uh, of the extent of, of Matt Mahan's draw. You know, how popular is he if he gets reelected in 2024 with an even larger universe? That will suggest that he's done a pretty good job in penetrating the community with with what he has to offer. If he doesn't, it may be a reflection of the fact that he got elected by that low turnout. So in a sense, we'll get some sort of validation one way or the other about the low turnout in 2022 when we see the election of 2024. I see. Thank you for clarifying that. Now, sticking with the city a bit longer uh, before we move on to a couple county contests, uh, Bien Don, a San Jose fire captain, uh, he's going to be the next council member for District 7. He unseated incumbent Maya Esparza, which I think was pretty surprising given that she led in the primary. I know um, your colleagues, Terry Christensen and Garrick Percival, we've talked about this very briefly, and I believe it was Terry who said that it's not often, it, it happens, but it's not often that you see the winner of the primary get passed up when it comes to the runoff election. So I'm just curious, you know, this is a change, not just for the council, but I think also the community. Uh, Biendona is going to be one of two Asian American representatives on the council. There hasn't been an Asian American on the council in some time. What will this change mean, uh, not only for the district, but for the council at large? First of all, I want to say I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised because if you looked at the third person in that race, it was also Vietnamese American. And, you know, uh, culture and race and ethnicity, all these things are very powerful in that district. And so if you added up the votes of the first and third, you had a, 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 a Asian-American majority. So I expected that, uh, that result, and it came to fruition. Um, it means more representation uh, of, of, a, of a minority on that council. Look, uh, this city is incredibly diverse, approximately one-third uh, non-Hispanic white, one-third Asian American, one-third Latino. Race and ethnicity play a role here, and some people would say a very healthy role. Um, so uh, what you're going to do is add a little bit more of that Asian American. If it's not two out of ten, they're still, quote, underrepresented if you're looking just at race. I realize there are other things to look at besides race, of course. So it will just broaden the diversity on the council and I think uh, be a bit more representative of what San Jose is. 
Hello, Josh Bruce here, co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. Did you know that San Jose Spotlight is Silicon Valley's only nonprofit news organization? That's right. Our impact journalism is funded by generous readers like you. And this year, we have plans to expand our reporting to other cities in Santa Clara County. If you find value in our reporting, consider becoming a sustaining member today with a monthly or annual recurring donation by visiting our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Thank you. Now, switching to a couple county races, um, Board of Supervisors, the race for District 1 Board of Supervisors has been called for Sylvia Arenas. Uh, she's currently District 8 San Jose Council member. Uh, she beat out challenger Johnny Camus, who himself was also a former San Jose Council member. I'm curious to know what we can expect from this outcome. It seems to be maybe a consolidation of some of the more progressive wing of the Board of Supervisors, given that District 1 has historically been more of a conservative seat. Uh, I know a lot of political operatives saw this as actually an opportunity for a progressive to take this seat. Yeah, the the the, uh, the redistribution of districts, uh, which happens, of course, with redistricting every ten years, uh, was such that there was a lot of growth uh, in that area, South County, uh, which makes sense because real estate is less expensive there. People would move there, and then perhaps drive up, you know, more toward the center of the city to do their voting, or even North County. Um, and, and as such, um, the population reflected more urban values than rural values. The rural values had been um, managed very successfully by a series of uh, moderate to conservative Republicans. We realize this is officially nonpartisan, but you can get through those tea leaves pretty quickly. Um, and so now with the redistricting of that, dist- of that area, uh, it offered an opportunity for somebody of more liberal persuasion to capture that vote, the new vote. Now, Arenas and Arenas, in her case, um, uh, already occupied a good deal of that area through her city council seat. So she became a pretty formidable uh, candidate. Now, Canvas is well known, uh, but he didn't have, number one, the same political values of that changing district, and number two, the incumbency from a city council district. So she winds up winning. She, she adds to that progressive or liberal dimension on the city council, and which, by the way, uh, portends uh, some fireworks uh, for the relationship between the mayor, the new mayor, and the city council, all the members of whom endorsed um, Cindy Chavez. It's going to be fun. <laughs> well, last question here, Larry, uh, about the sheriff's race. So uh, former Palo Alto Police Chief Bob Johnson is likely to become the next sheriff, uh, beating out retired Sheriff Captain Kevin Jensen. What will his outside experience mean for this department, uh, given that they're coming off the pay-to-play scandal with former Sheriff Lori Smith? These were t- two good people. Uh, it's so nice to see two good people who were qualified uh, uh, for that position. And uh, um, it, it, it was one of those races, in my judgment, where you couldn't go wrong, which is so refreshing in politics. <laughs> but, but, but in the case of, of Johnson, um, he brings in a, the perspective of somebody who's gone all the way through the ranks, from bottom to top, uh, been the police chief of, of several, uh, two cities at least that I know of, uh, working in Los Angeles County as he had before, well aware of a big county, bigger even than ours. Um, and the fact that he comes in without any um, hindrances uh, in terms of, of uh, existing alliances, predispositions, things like that, gives him an opportunity to work with a fresh, a fresh slate. Um, he may find a bit of, um, of um, opposition 
with the folks in the ranks, and that's something that Kevin Jensen would have had. But on the other hand, uh, operating with, with a fresh slate and, um, and no encumbrances, uh, he may have an opportunity to take the sheriff's department in new directions that some might believe are, are, are long, uh, long overdue. I've been speaking with Larry Gersten, a political science professor emeritus at San Jose State University and on-air political analyst for NBC Bay Area TV and KCBS Radio. Thank you for coming on the show, Larry. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.